right, what's up? This is the Metal Nerd Podcast, and I'm your host, Joe Arnold, and today I have Jimmy Schultz from the band Cerebellion, and Jimmy also plays in um, Pyromania, which is a Def Leppard tribute band, and uh, he is the former drummer of Sunflower Dead, and once upon a time, he filled in for In This Moment, which was pretty cool. Yes, it was. So on uh, a boat, yeah, on the, on a cruise, right? Cruise ship, yeah, shipwreck. Yeah, that's rad, man. That's crazy. Um, but the thing about Cerebellion is that's the band that I play in too. So I play with Jimmy in that band. I sing in that band, and uh, Jimmy plays drums, and we have a dandy old time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been a lot of many years. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> for sure, man. Jamming together. And two different bands, actually, yeah, Project mm-hmm. One and then Cerebellion. So, um, today we're going to talk about the album Home by Seven Dust. So, um, Jimmy, are you excited about this? Yeah, it's cool. Can't wait. All right. So, um, all right, real quick, these are the uh, the quick facts on on Home. Uh, it's the second studio album by American alternative metal band seven dust uh released on august 24th 1999 through tvt records and um this is this was interesting i i was checking out who was on tvt nine inch nails at one point was i and it said uh it is no longer a label it was um it says TVT Records was an American record label founded by Steve Gottlieb. <laughs> so, um, but Nine Inch Nails, Jaw Rule, Lil, Lil John, Underworld, KMFA, um, KMFDM, uh, Gravity Kills, uh, Nothing Face. Let's see, those are kind of the big ones. It said um, its biggest commercial successes were the triple platinum Nine Inch Nails. Pretty Hate Machine, two double platinum releases by Little John, and platinum releases by Snoop Dogg and the East Side is um, Dashboard Confessional, and a couple others. Anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, they had a good roster. Yeah, they were. um, I always kind of like for some reason I thought they were like more of like a medium size, but that looks like they're pretty big time. Yeah, (laughs) or at least almost like it starts off and then. The bands get kind of big, and then they go to a different one. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, oh, here's another one. Um, the Black Crows and Jimmy Page. So not too shabby. Yeah. TVT. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. So, and then I think they were on there until they did. Do you remember when they did that album, Next? Yeah. That I think that was like 2005, maybe. So two albums later after Home. Yeah, so. Home Second, and then Animosity, and um, what's the one after Animosity? I always forget. <clears throat> well, Animosity is the one right after Home, right? Right. And then I thought, oh, oh, no, no, it was the white, they had the white cover, uh, Seasons? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So that was their, um, like, 2003, and then I think they were done. I think, I don't know if the yeah. label was still around, but... 
but they were off and then I believe they started their own label at that point. Yeah, I'm not I'm not 100% sure. So, well, at least for a while they yeah. were, they were doing this thing called Seven Bros. Uh um that's when they um and then Clint was it Clint the guitarist? Yeah, Clint left and then they got uh, Sonny right from uh, who was in Snot. Right. And some other stuff. Well, he's done a bunch of stuff. Yeah. He was playing with corn <laughs> for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Head PE. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's been around I forgot the block. about that. <clears throat> but that might have been after the Seven Dust run. Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, let's see. So, Home was certified gold on May 18th, 2000. And uh, let's see. They had three singles, which were. Do you want to guess them? Uh, Denial. Mm hmm. Um, <laughs> I got. I got to remember the song. The song titles again. Oh. Um, let me see here. There's the. Okay, so. Um, da, 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 da. I would. Say, I think Waffle. Might yeah, be Waffle one. was one of them. And um, I don't know if Home was, even though that was a big song, seemed like a fan favorite. But uh, and then uh, this one may, was maybe Bender. <clears throat> I would have thought so too. It was actually Licking Cream, which oh, featured um, the singer from Skin. Oops. Oh, okay. well, she has a killer voice. Yeah, she was rad. Yeah, 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 awesome voice. Great, powerful. Track. Yes. Great track. I um, hadn't heard of that band until I heard that song, and yeah, me too. I was like, "Whoa!" Had to check them out for sure. Um, let's see. And it said, "Let's see." Uh, it was t- it said something about. Oh, I already said that. Yeah, it was certified gold. And for people who don't know, because the goalposts have moved on what constitutes gold of course because of streaming and even like itunes and all that stuff um but in this time i know for certain it was uh 500,000 records was considered gold so um and it said they did uh uh okay the album appeared on billboard 200 remained there for 14 weeks and peaked at 19 so like this was way more successful than I realized. Yeah. I mean, I knew they were on a, you know, they were on a run, but I didn't realize that they, you know, peaked Billboard top, you know, 200 at 19. That's Yeah, that's sweet. That's pretty incredible. All right, and it was recorded at Longview Farm in uh, Massachusetts, North Brookfield, Massachusetts. And um it's uh 41 minutes and 9 seconds. And there are 13 tracks. And, uh, oh, wait, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, 13 tracks. And, um, oh, um, producer Toby Wright produced it. Which, right off the bat, I think the thing to me, like, I listened back to a little bit of, um, their self titled first album. Yeah. And their, um, I think his name was Mark, Mark, um, something produced that one. And he was like, in that you know they were managed by um what's his name jj french oh or J, was it jay french or whatever from twisted, twisted sister, sister yeah. yeah yeah oh man i can't even remember 
hearing about that. <laughs> I think it's sounding familiar coming back to me now, but yeah. But I think uh, I think Mark Mendoza, I think his name is, is um he was like the bass player of Twisted Sister. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it seems like a like a JJ French or J okay. French or whatever hookup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um anyway, I kinda remember that didn't go too well too. Like I think do you remember that whole thing that they were just touring their asses off and like they'd come home and they'd be in like more debt than when they left? Oh, I heard about stuff like that, but um, I didn't really know a whole lot about them when that album came out, you know, didn't really know a whole lot about, I think I heard one or two songs, but nothing really grabbed me yet, you know? Okay. All right, so, um, yeah, and I want to get into that, so hold that thought. <laughs> but just real quick on Toby Wright, um, because, anyway, just to that point, the whole thing was is a huge difference, like hearing the production of the self-titled yeah, and then hearing this one. Yeah. It was like a huge... Um, yeah, the, the first one was sounded a little more produced, you know, like there was a lot more um, polished... A little more. I mean, it still had a uh, raw sound to it, but um, I don't know. Home just had that very, very raw sound to me. It was very, you know, uh, not like super polished, you know, or like, like, like it had a lot of stuff done to it to make it sound silky smooth. Yeah, like natural. It's yeah. very, for sure. But it's like... Um, it sounds a million times better than yeah. the first album. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, um, I I think the difference is like the first album. I think was like a like brighter, like what you're. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe what you're thinking. Yeah. Um, uh, but but the yeah, it sounds so much better on the second album. But anyway, Toby Wright. Let's see. Let me get into what he's done really quick. Um, Allison Chains. Allison Chains. They're self-titled. Unplugged. Um, by same band. Uh, Fear Factory's Transgression. Jerry Cantrell, Boggy Depot, Corn, Follow the Leader. So that was a huge album in the late nineties. Um, uh, Primus, uh, Rhinoplasty, uh, Divine Intervention by Slayer, which <clears throat> I wasn't aware of. Soulfly Primitive. Do you remember that album? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, anyway, that that's a few that he produced at a. So quite, he's got quite the um, credentials. At the time you were listening, the first time like Seven Dust like really hit you, like where you were like, "Oh shit!" What what were you, what were some of the stuff, some of the bands and and some of the albums you were listening to at that time? Do you remember? Yeah. So let's see. Uh, <clears throat> I think I was really starting to get into the to the new metal era. So like Deftones was huge. I was listening to you know Deftones, Corn. Um, you know, machine head. I kind of spread it out though, you know, cause then I also was, I remember at the time I was listening to death. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So pretty much, but it was, yeah, the whole, the whole new metal thing kind of was getting big and I was appreciating it, you know, along with all the other stuff growing up and everything. I, I've always been able to kind of grow and, appreciate new stuff you know not like just stick to the 
the old school all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I was starting to really kind of get into the the new metal. And just I think mainly because um, the one cool thing about new metal for me as a drummer, um, it was music that just um, allowed drummers to groove. <laughs> you knew I was, was going to say for that. It. <laughs> yeah, it just allows. Yeah, it allows you to groove and and just play in the pocket and just and just you know feel really good feeling while you're playing. You're just you're just grooving away, playing to a really fat groove. You know. Yeah, it's and fat, so, but because it's heavy, you're, you're slamming it's still too. heavy. Yeah, yeah, you know, and um, so. You know, I kind of, you know, I think as far as guitar players went, I, I think a lot of some of the older guitar player, old school guitar players didn't really catch on to it as much just because it, there's not as much guitar work going on and a lot of that stuff. But, you know, I think you had to be really creative, a little more creative, you know, playing a little bit less while still being creative to be, you know, still make the song really interesting you know yeah. you know like corn and stuff playing stuff where they um you know are just playing sounds <clears throat> and you're just kind of like well how how did they think of that what made them think of just putting this sound this noise guitar thing going on that kind of follows a rhythm you know what i mean right so the creativity of that's really cool yeah know? yeah it was it was different <laughs> but yeah the drum Drumming to new metal is super duper fun. <laughs> That's awesome. And you were okay. So, um, kind of another side story, but Jimmy and I met, but didn't meet uh, around this time too. I want to say like, um, so Jimmy was in this band Turkey Neck at the time, and I was in the band Uprooted. And the story goes that, um, um, and we didn't know each other. We didn't. We just figured this out years later, um, from playing together and talking about it. But, um. He actually played, I played a set with my band Uprooted, and then we got off stage, and Jimmy's band went up right after us. And I remember seeing Jimmy, because you, you had your drum set turned sideways. Yeah. And you were, and, um, and I think, I want to say you were wearing like Adidas pants. Yeah. Like you had, you had really bought, I was, you had bought in. <laughs> I was, I was going, I was going new metal. Yeah. Yeah. Cut all my hair off. I was, had short hair. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and Jimmy has really long hair right now. <laughs> Just, and I had long hair prior to that, you know, and then I, yeah, had some short hair for like a good three years. And, um, yeah. I want to say it was even like blonde or something. Like yeah. I think it was brownish, but I think I had little blonde streaks in it. Okay, okay. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Jimmy's a, a natural brunette, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, and the sideways thing, too, just uh, yeah. some people don't know, too, is um, I'm a really huge fan growing up uh, listening to the band Striper, and oh, yeah. that's how their drummer always sat. He always sat uh, sideways, and I just thought it looked cool. You know, you can kind of see, like, everything he's doing from the side and and uh so i just kind of was copying him <laughs> yeah it's different it's yeah. unique you know yeah and then um if anybody knows there's another new metal band out that uh, has been around for a while and i actually toured with them uh non-point 
yeah. their, their drummer sits sideways. Oh, does he? And when I talk to him about it, he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I love Striper. And I was just like, whoa, dude, I I like Striper too. You know? Oh, so, really? Yeah, it was so funny. We, we both kind of bonded like that. <laughs> you know what? I've seen them a couple times, and I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so funny, man. That's crazy. Yeah, he, he says it. He gives the credit to Robert Sweet is his name. Nice, man. Uh, the drummer, the striper, yeah. But the other part, and the other part of that that story at um, what was the name of that place, man? We oh, that was the Anaheim. shack. The shack, yeah. Was that um, Jimmy was really good, and so like, I get off. I mean, in a way, I was glad I didn't have to follow you, <laughs> but um, but I was like, oh god, <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy just this guy with the sideways drum kit just um, showed me up. <laughs> So anyway, but yeah, but that, that's kind of a funny story. And then, but I, I was going to ask you because it was around that time. What I didn't, I don't really totally remember what Turkey Neck sounded like. What what were your uh, guys' influences? So <clears throat> that was uh, it, it. Was metal? You know, it was still. Uh, we were kind of infusing, you know, thrash in with new metal. You mm. know, it was kind of like. We all loved Metallica and all that stuff. It's, and then I, I was, you know, starting to listen to the new metal stuff. And then, and even, of course, like Machine Head, you know, was a big influence to us too. So it was kind of like that. It was like thrashy, heavy. There was a couple guys in the band. So basically that, pro- Project One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a couple guys in the band also that liked punk. So there was even some punk elements in it too. Oh, okay. You know? So that kind of made it kind of trippy. That's awesome, man. Thrashy, thrash with a groove with some punk elements. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. When was the first time you saw Seven Dust? Oh, smokes. Um, Did you see them on this tour? <clears throat> no, I don't think I saw them on the home tour. I didn't, because... Uh, yeah, I don't think I did see them on home. I, I think I didn't see them until Animosity. <coughs> Sorry. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think. I, oh, I okay. I don't think I saw them live until Animosity. Where where was that? Do you remember? And um, I want to say it was maybe the House of Blues in Anaheim. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I was at that. Yeah. And uh, try to see them every time they come around. You know, I haven't. I don't think they've been around in a while. They 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 were recently here, I think, but they they were opening up for another band and uh, a band that I kind of didn't think they should. I thought they should have been the headliner, but so I, I don't think I went because I I think we were gonna just go there and see like a short set of theirs, like thirty minutes or something. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh man, I don't want to. I want to see a full seven dust show. Yeah, they did their last two tours or two times at least in LA um, were like that because we just we saw them about a year ago with Clutch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was pretty rad. Um, but they, you're right. They they also opened up for I forget at the Wiltern Theater. So, um, but I didn't. I missed that one. I did see them open up. I think it might have been the Wiltern Theater, and they opened up for Black Label Society. Oh really? So that was a trip. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Um, I actually, um, the first time I saw them was actually 1997 on their first album. And uh, it may have been one of their first L.A. shows. They played the Whiskey with Anthrax. Um, and, like, I don't know these. Did you ever hear of a band called Killing Culture? Yeah. I think Killing Culture actually was billed above Seven Dust. Like, okay. Yeah. And um, But Anthrax was the headliner. It was at the Whiskey. Um, if you fans can imagine that, there was a time that Anthrax was playing venues that small. <laughs> but um, it was the 90s. It was kind of a we- weird, weird time. But... uh. <clears throat> and um but it was um do you remember something called Foundations Forum? Yeah. Yeah, and and I think they changed the name. I think it was called F Fest at the time. Okay. Which is pretty lame. But um that's what it was. It was for that. So it was sort of like a showcase of sorts. It wasn't like a tour per se. Yeah, yeah. But um that's what it was. So but um and then I kinda like didn't become like a huge fan right away until this, like, like you, like on, on this yeah. album. Although I did, I remember getting, I don't know if it was that show or another show, but I remember getting like a, um, this was the late nineties, like a, um, a tape, you know, okay. like a two, a two song with, I think it had bitch and, um, uh, whatever from the, yeah, I can't the, remember the, the first. Two. Now, what was your, um, what would you, what was your first impression of them seeing them that first time? And, Oh, did they did they leave a an impression on you or definitely definitely because they were like the energy was ridiculous. Um, I was still like definitely at that moment. You know, I was still like balls deep in in kind of thrash and and that stuff. But I was like I was down with all those bands like new albums you know and they were kind of changing their sound to go like to sound more modern in in the 90s to kind of but i wasn't like i wasn't totally totally thrown in yet with the all the new metal and you know there was i was kind of like getting bits and pieces i was into i had buddies that were like they would go see like system of a down locally before they even got signed Mm -hmm. and like you know um snot and stuff like that but um I don't know. So, but so, so it was like they kind of had that. You can, it was definitely like a modern, they had that more modern feel, but it was still heavy. Yeah. But, um, so I was, I was, I wasn't ready for it, I don't think, but they, um, but they, the energy was insane. And I was like, oh shit, you know, and, yeah. they, and they were heavy. Um, so anyway, that's kind of where that was. But then I don't know when, I, I don't know exactly when the moment was just like, oh, I love this band. But I do remember like I really got into home. And um, I actually saw them on the home tour. They did um, Tattoo the Earth Festival. Did you ever hear about that yeah. or go to that? I didn't go to it, but I uh, remember the the festival. Yeah, and um, that was that was incredible. And they killed. And by that point, I remember I was like balls deep into home. I was like, oh my god, I love these guys. And yeah, and um, that was that was in two thousand when that show was. Um, I just looked it up, and. Um, and it was that show, you know, Slipknot was the headliner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Slayer was on it. They actually played, that was always, uh, that was a big controversy that slip, it was Slipknot's tour. Yeah. Um, and they were still on their first album and they curated like a tour with an, with like some tattoo artists and yeah, you know yeah. people like that. But, but so, anyway, Slipknot was the headliner and then Slayer was on it and they were like right before, and I think Seven Dust m- might've been right before Slayer. So they mm-hmm. were like billed pretty high. Yeah. You know, on the um, 
I guess on the the rewards of you know being a gold band on this album. So yeah. Um. All right. Before we get into like kind of going through each track, uh, just real quick. So what? I you and I like nerd out big time on on uh, Morgan Rose, the drummer. Yeah. And I just want to ask you what what is it about him? Why why is he so special? Cutting in here real quickly, I want to thank you for listening to the Metal Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Arnold. On each episode, I and one guest discuss one of our favorite metal albums. We get real nerdy in our chats as we analyze how these albums impacted us as fans and musicians. You can support the show by telling your friends, sharing episodes, leaving a review with a five-star rating on iTunes, and subscribing to or following the show. Any of these actions will greatly help the show reach new ears. We are on Instagram as The Metal Nerd Podcast, and you can also reach out to us at Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. Now back to nerding out. Uh, for, for me, I mean, God. He uh, definitely grooves. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, just uh, just his beats just are super, you know, smooth and groovy. And, and then, uh, but the real treat for him is when you see him live, you know, and we've always talked about all the things that live, his showmanship and, and um, the little things he does, the little tricks he does and, you know, and just doesn't miss a beat and just, uh, it's just so fun to watch, you know? And, yeah. Uh, and then he sings, does the backups, the screams and things too. So, you know, um, and, uh, yeah, so it's just kind of just how solid he is. He's, he's, I always called him like the modern day Tommy Lee cause yeah. you know, Motley Crue in their day, in their time, Tommy Lee was just this, you know, wasn't the greatest technical drummer around, but he was so solid, you know, like John Bonham and stuff, just solid hit hard and, uh, any super, uh, you know, very, uh, you know, fun to watch live too. Tommy Lee would do all kinds of crazy stuff and, and stuff. So that's kind of Morgan Rose is like the, the new Tommy Lee to me. Uh, the show when I, when I first saw him live the first time, I was just like blown away and, you know, it's hard to, the whole band puts on such a good show and you, you'd kind of like watching them all, but you can't help. Like your eye just keeps kind of going back to him all the time. <laughs> right. You know? So I know. And the whole band though, like these guys are jumping off the floor monitors, like 10, you know, 10 feet into the air. And yeah, um, they're a wild, yeah. wild live band, man. I don't know if they still do it or, or even if it was true, but I was told by someone that, um, they used to put those little mini, trampolines in front of the floor monitor so when they would launch it was because they were launching off a little trampoline a little mini thing that would sort of spring them up yeah <laughs> so uh, i don't know if that's uh you know true or not still but uh it it when i think about it it sounds right you yeah know, when i'm thinking about how high <laughs> they get off the floor and then um just you know he was doing some every time you see him it's like there's something kind of different he does and we were watching him the one time. I think you might have been the one too, but he was. It looked like he was just throwing his sticks into the audience, but um, something weird looked like it was going on where something was like coming back, like a yo-yo or something. And I was just 
couldn't really tell because the lights were flashy and going off. And I was like, what is going on when he's doing that? And then um, finally realized that he was chucking his stick into the crowd or basically throwing it to his drum tech or somebody. And when he would throw his stick, the drum tech would throw a stick also. So one stick was flying out and then the other stick was coming to him and he'd catch it in mid, you know, while he was still playing the song and, you know, catch it and go to the next beat, you know, it was just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> He's got a lot of good ones. Yeah. He'll bounce the stick off the floor while guys are, sometimes they have a track kind of going around him and up behind him yeah and yeah. the guys will run up and go behind him and when they're kind of running by he'll just bounce it off this stick off the ground and it'll perfectly shoot to wherever he's whatever he's aiming at and it'll go right to like bass player and bass player will catch a stick and then kind of run down and throw the stick out to the audience you know yeah <laughs> yeah it's super so cool yeah yeah i like the elbow the elbow catch where he like catches the symbol with his elbow you know, just little <laughs> yeah. things like that where you're just like yeah yeah all right i've never seen anybody uh, do that <laughs> like hit the hi-hat and instead of closing it with your well i'm he's probably still closing it with his fist but then he's putting his elbow on top of the hi-hat. oh that that's what it so, is so yeah. yeah so it looks like he's closing it with his uh elbow you know even though he's probably still closing it with his foot but he's you know it's part of the visual yeah <laughs> yeah for people I, I don't know i would imagine probably a lot of people who are listening to this episode are um, fans and have seen at least video online, but it's almost like he does like kind of pantomime movements. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like w- imagine like what a pantomime does with mm-hmm. like, and he does like stuff like that, like yeah, during ro- in the flow robotic, of the song, sort of robotic. Yeah, at times, too, you know, yeah, like his... and and he'll kind of or or but he'll kind of um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, rotate that. In with like, um, like he'll kind of do that, and then all of a sudden he'll kind of throw his back into it and just start like you know rocking, slugging away. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah. anyways, re- really yeah. fun. But I think you know I was gonna say too about his playing though. I think the other thing is um, there's a lot of attention to detail though. Yeah. You know? Like um, even like on the song Denial on this album, like the ghost notes, you know. And, yeah. Um, just a lot of stuff with the hi hat and the symbol work, you know, where there's just like these, like attention to detail that I just don't hear most drummers, mm-hmm. you know, have, you know, yeah, yeah, where you know I wouldn't, I wouldn't think of certain things, you know, where he'll just yeah. like kind of like do it, like a, get a sizzle out of the symbol, but then c- catch it at a yeah, like just the right time, or uh-huh. you know, some you of know. it's not even, uh, a lot of it's not even just stuff that you have, like an average listener's hearing, they're just kind of hearing the kick snare. They're not, and uh, you know, if you really want to hear, like you said, the deta- the details, you know, like the little things that he's doing in between, you know, the ghost notes on the snare and little things like that that you don't maybe pick up right away, but then you listen to it again, you're kind of when you pay attention, you you're hearing him do the little thing, the little things that uh don't really stand out a whole lot until you really check it out, you know? Yeah, I'm like wow, that's cool what he just did. Well, even like, you know, another example too, um, the song Waffle, which is again on home, um, you know, like the beat on the kind of that broken down kind of verse part, you know, let me see if I can find it. Um, but he's doing like the, the, um, hi-hat patterns, not, it's like on the, I want to say it's on the upbeats or, or, Uh but he kind of switches it up. It's really interesting. Uh Just stuff like that where you're just like, oh man, that sounds 
Yeah. Like really rough. Let me see. It's right here. Yeah. yeah. Like during the verse. Yeah, right here. Yeah. Little, little splash and yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, like the hi hat work. And then he goes into like a more straight yeah. thing right there, but just so sick, like little stuff like yeah. that, where just the attention to uh-huh. detail and the dynamics too, yeah. because it's that that mm-hmm. first part's kind of like it almost it's a little like I, I don't want to I'm trying to think of the word it 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 just gives you like this kind of a weird kind of yeah. a different feel stutter stutter, stutter that's a perfect word yeah. yeah and then and then it just smooths right and then out. it smooths out yeah, yeah. and that's kind of but it makes, gives you that dynamic so yeah. when you when the smooth comes in it's real smooth yeah yeah because you had that stutter uh-huh. yeah that's a great word yeah and it's it's easy to um just play a beat throughout the song and then after a while you can kind of it can get a little old so just doing something like that is what makes is the difference between just you know, taking a song that's kind of going to repeat itself over and over, but just keeping it fresh by doing half of it one way and then changing it up and do another half another way, you know? Right. So, yeah, and he does a lot of that kind of stuff in a lot of the songs, you know, just keeps the, the beats really, um, you know, changes it up so that it each part kind of has a different feel, you know? Yeah, he's, he's badass. Uh, all right, so let's see here. Um, all right, let's get into like, we'll kind of go through each track and kind of look at our notes. Uh, all right. The song, the album opens up with, uh, the song home, which is the title track of the album. And, uh, I'll just play a little clip of that. I was already kind of hooked right here. Yeah, sick. <laughs> Talk about home, Jimmy. So, so this is my introduction to home. So it's like I heard of Seven Dust. I knew that I heard of that first album, first the first album that they had, and then, you know, I went into a place that not a lot of people know about these days. But there's a place called a record store. Yeah. <laughs> that you can go in and uh buy records from. <laughs> and uh but anyways, uh I don't remember the name of this particular store I went to, but they would always have um these aisles that had uh racks with um CDs, new CDs, and then they would have a few sets of headphones sitting there. And you could put the headphones on and you know, if you see a CD you want to try it's got a number on it number 23 yeah punch in the number of the CD start listening to it so I saw the home was it like Sam Goody or something like that yeah it might have been a Sam Goody a few of them were doing that back then yeah I don't know if you remember if you're familiar with the um with Costa Mesa very much but uh, yeah of course uh right there on Bristol Uh uh-huh before the right near the 55 freeway there was this little place. There's a there's a Del Taco. Oh yeah, yeah. Pet Boys, and there was this little place that had, you know, a 
music store in it and some place where you can buy clothes and everything. It was like a rustic, artistic looking building. Oh, everything yeah. looked rusty and everything. It's still there. Yeah, the place is still there. Yeah, the, the, the lab or whatever. Yeah, the lab. Right. And there was a music store there. So I don't know if that was Sam oh. Goody or not. But um, so that's where I go. And uh, okay. so I see this album and I'm like, oh, Seven Dust. I wonder. They have a new album. Let's check it out and see if it's cool. And I um, popped it on, put the headphones on, and um, yeah, that first song kicked in. And um, geez, I, I was just like, "Holy shit!" Right off the bat, you know, I was like, "Oh my god!" And then I just kind of skipped through each song just to kind of hear like twenty seconds of each one. And I was like, oh, "I'm getting this album right now." <laughs> yeah. So you know, it was like easy choice you know i didn't have to think about it or eh, maybe you know i was just like right off the bat oh god i'm getting this album you know and so um but yeah so that's kind of how i got this and that started my whole seven dust journey but um anyways that so, riff um that you know yeah it uh it kind of like it almost like kind of reminded me of like Fear Factory. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like the triplet and uh-huh. the, you know he's actually using the double bass there and stuff. Yeah. And I guess you know like, I, he's always kind of used a little bit of double bass and yeah, and sometimes quite a bit. You know they they're they're a very interesting band. How like some yeah. of their later albums got really heavy. You know. And yeah, yeah. It's weird though. Like they, it's like they, they would dabble, um with all like kind of different styles of metal but always keep their core sound like true to them you know yeah. it's like really interesting yeah. and i just felt like they were always really good at honoring the song you know but but still uh, evolving musically and challenging themselves with like there's definitely some gnarly riffing going on yeah. uh you know guitar and drum wise um but like also but really like exploring and keeping the music part of it interesting but still like honoring the the song and the songwriting you know yeah yeah and no. keeping their 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 essence you know true and stuff yeah yeah they always uh there's one thing that i always notice is they they always kind of make sure that the chorus a lot of times is uh you know always there you know where it's kind of catchy you know so even if it's like a heavy song you know they'll they'll be kind of going and then it'll kick into the chorus and then drums might kick into a halftime beat you know and it's really right. melodic and everything but not necessarily on this song though because uh home's pretty much kind of a straightforward um you know just, oh yeah it's just heavy barking song, huh? you know? yeah 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 I'm home. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but it was uh <laughs> it was a it's an awesome song you know and um from left to right uh-huh yeah. and uh you know they kind of <clears throat> They also incorporated, they don't do it really all the time as much now, but, um, you know, they were adding a little bit of that sort of, uh, almost like if they had a sort of a DJ in the band, but they didn't really have a DJ in the band, just kind of, you know, sound effects. They kind of did like, like in that song, there's like this weird rhythm that's going on, you know, the bridge and, and you can kind of hear, you know, so. Uh, I'm guessing that it's probably just played on tracks live, and I know you're talking right, about right before the third verse, right before the third. Yeah, it's kind of towards the end. Like it has, but, it, it almost the the part you're talking about is almost like a hook into yeah. unto itself. It's like that. Yeah, 
you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's like the, that. The guitars are just kind of keeping the, you know, and in between the, the chugs, it's got this cool little thing going on, little sample going on, you know. Yeah, there's there's actually a lot of that on this album. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember the one thing that was interesting. Like I remember seeing them on that tour at the that Tattoo the Earth show, and with some of the uh, drum sounds too. I remember tripping out because I, um, they must have had like, like some sort of like a trigger inside the drum, uh-huh. that kick drum, because they would get like a um, some of those, those kind of funky uh, subby like more extra like extra subby. Yeah, kick sounds like off, but he was playing the acoustic kick drum, you know. Yeah, so yeah. they must have like a trigger inside of it where they could change the sound. Yeah, yeah, huh? Yeah, I don't, I, I didn't see him on that album, so I don't know what, um, you know, unless he was hitting a pad every once in a while, you know. I'm, yeah, I'm, I know he's got pads and stuff, but uh, this was like on the kick drum. There yeah. was a couple things, but I, I, okay. I always remember tripping out on that. But um, yeah. All right, let's see the next song. Of course, denial. I, I mean, I'm gonna guess this is the biggest song on this album, right? Yeah, I think so. Here, I'm gonna, I'm actually looking at their um, Spotify. Oh, it's their number one song. Yeah, on Spotify. Well, or enemy. Actually, enemy's slightly got more more streams. So, yeah, and I remember um, this was a song that I. Uh, God, man, just it was probably one of my favorite songs just for that year and maybe a couple years. You know, I just thought it was awesome song, just a all all around awesome song. You know, and you know the um, the drum the drum beats he's doing in that song are really cool and creative. Where he he does add the pads in, where he's kind of going um, the when he hits that. 808 sort of yeah (laughs) you know and it's just killer and then it just like kicks into the to the intro of the song and it's just all heavy and yeah this is what jimmy's talking about that little 808 there Anyway, yeah. yeah. And that Sick. riff right there is just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you, how can you not like not want to just start banging your head, you know, and just freaking Now, you know what's so funny? That little like it sounds almost like feedback. It's like part of the riff that Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's just it kind of just sounds like feedback. Yeah. That's a trippy like, Yeah, I don't a, I was thinking maybe it was a harmonic, but you know, oh yeah, like a possibly. Uh, that's a trip, man. And then, uh, you know, and then you got you got the vocals going on with Lejean, and then you got you know Morgan doing all of the cool screams and stuff, and then just the chorus too is great. You know, this is got a. a... It, it's an incredible song. I I, I actually think. This is probably what made me love them. Yeah. Like, I think, I want to say, like, I don't know if I saw this, like, on MTV or what. Um, but 
I don't know. Like, there's this is the chorus that Jimmy's talking about, but it's just it was like it's an immediate song. Like I was hooked yeah. like immediately. But um, yeah, I think it's just I don't know. It's just to me, it's just a great rock song. Period. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like I mean, for like still today, I would you know yeah, yeah. you know that's a playlist right there yeah <laughs> and as soon as um you know anytime they play it live you know it's a, definitely a a highlight of the of the show you know the people go crazy the audience goes crazy during it for sure you know so it's uh it's awesome love it yeah um let me break this up really quick um Let's talk about their guitar tone real fa- real quick. <laughs> yeah. Just super chunky, super fat. Love it. Um super beefy. Yeah. <clears throat> I like that's another influence on me that uh you know, even just playing drums, but um in my head thinking of guitar parts and riffs uh when I would try to, you know, tell a guitar player of a sound or a riff I would be thinking of, you know, and try to sing it with my mouth and have him duplicate it on the guitar. But, um, the, uh, it would be a lot of influence from seven dust a lot of times because of how, um, percussive yeah. the guitar playing is. It's all, it's all very percussive and very, you know, rhythm oriented, you know, where they're almost playing their guitars. Like it's a drum set, you know, it's it, the guitars yeah. themselves are putting, are playing a groove and, you know, and I just, man, I just would always, you know, <laughs> every band I'd be in after that, I'd always try to look for that, like, feel, you know, with some people be like, hey, yeah, well, you know, what about the, uh, this kind of thing, kind of like a Seven Dust thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, it wouldn't always come out to come out that way, but, <laughs> but it was in my head. I'd be like, ah, you know, I love, love the way they they play their riffs. If you were okay, if you were to like describe for the the let's say the the new metal layman, like someone who's not completely versed in the genre, how would you like distinguish Seven Dust and particularly their their riffing uh, from like say someone like Corn? Uh, like how could you set them apart? Um. I don't think Korn's guitars are, riffs are are as um you know beat oriented where they're playing a uh uh percussive as much, you know. I think that they kind of play more of a you know more of a strummy, you know, where it's just uh more ambiance. Korn's guitar stuff a lot of times is ambiance stuff too, you know, and just very um, big sounding, big words. and wide open. There's a lot going on. Just there's a lot. There's no all the all the little empty gaps are are filled. Right, right, right. <laughs> in their music, you know, where um, Seven Dust has that more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's all staccatoy. Staccatoy, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just more. You know. I mean, and, and wouldn't it, you say it, like I feel like Seven Dust as a whole? I mean, obviously, but but as a whole, they they're like 
their songs are a little more upbeat like the tempo yeah. tempos are tempo, higher yeah a little bit fast yeah more upbeat songs <laughs> um yeah and they're if you take their if you take their riffs and speed them up really fast you'd probably you could get a thrash song out of them <laughs> right you know? so you know it they, actually they have some it, mighty right hands yeah it's actually um thrash influenced i think in a way uh where it's you know a lot of thrash is is muted palm mutes and right but playing like triples and you know or or even like you know so but if you slow it down to a seven desk beat they're doing like a triplet but more in a groove where it's a slower chunks yeah and, to, so and they well, had that song on, on their first album i i i wait i'm i think it's bitch um where it's a straight up thrash riff yeah 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 um but anyway um and then um yeah so you know the drum beats are definitely you know different too i feel you know drum beats are definitely sound different between corn beat a corn drum beat and a um Seven Dust, you know, he definitely can distinguish between the two drummers, and uh, uh, and then of course you know the bass, you know, Fieldy plays a lot of slap, and he's a percussive bassist, so right. they're that's where their percussive stuff is. Instead of it being on the guitars, it's it's him doing a lot of drum sounding beats on his bass, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff, and uh, and um. Man, and I can't even think of uh, the bass player to uh, Seven Dust's name right now. Oh, but man. Uh, I he, um, he just his bass is so beefy sounding, and he just lays down fat bass shit. <laughs> oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially on this album, it sounds huge. I mean, not not especially, but just yeah. I guess because I actually did a pretty deep dive into Seven Dust uh, the other night, and uh kind of like went through almost all their albums um yeah just you know like a few songs of each and stuff but um but man yeah he's always had a huge bass tone yeah you know but um yeah but and here's like here's another i mean just an example i think we're we're listening to denial but on that i guess what would you call that a interlude or bridge or whatever you call it yeah after the chorus you know yeah yeah right here Right here. I mean, yeah, you can hear the bass. Yeah, I thought this was interesting. Um, I listened to quite often the um, uh, X Man podcast, and uh, the Doc Coyle is the um, host of that show, and it's um from uh, God forbid and then of course now he's in the bad wolves mm-hmm. and uh and what he was saying because he was from even though he considers God forbid more of a metal band but they really like came up in that whole metal core scene from like back east and, and yeah. of course even you know out here that scene was big and um but what he was saying was like when that whole thing was was happening and really popping off like seven dust was like the one new new metal band that was like cool to like <laughs> like they were okay you know yeah. it's almost how like i i thought of it almost like how i always heard that motorhead 
was the one like metal band that was okay for punk rockers to like in yeah. the late seventies and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And, uh, or maybe even early eighties, but, yeah. um, but like, I, I thought that was funny. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's, that's, cool. that's rad. Yeah. yeah. That says something. Yeah. And I think it's those riffs and he was even saying, you know, and he's a guitar, Doc Coyle's a guitar player. Oh, and he's played for some fucking great, but he's even like filled in for lamb of God and stuff like that. I mean, the guy's like legit, but, um, he was saying like, you know, a lot of it has to do with like their guitar riffs, you know, like they got a lot of respect for, for yeah. their riffs, you know? Oh yeah. And, and even being like kind of influential. And when you like, you can kind of hear it almost yeah. like the riffs that you were kind of uh, mouthing almost yeah. reminded me of like gent, you know, it's like, yeah. it kind of has like, uh huh. They're almost like yeah. If you're not way. if you don't hear an actual drum beat to it, it's kind of uh, because there's so much spacing in between the picking. Right. If you don't, if you're not feeling, if you don't know where one started, you're kind of like, well, what's he doing? <laughs> right. But right, then right. when you throw an actual drum beat on it, you you're, you're seeing where it's settling in four four, you know, perfectly, you know. But dude, those boy, those boys can legit play. Those guitar oh, players, oh, man, yeah, yeah, they're ridiculous. They and can, those they, rip, they don't riffs. Even, they don't even do a lot of soloing or anything, but they can. You know? Yeah, when they do, it's yeah, delicious. Yeah, you know, it's like um, <clears throat> a lot of the guitar players in uh, new metal is weird because a lot of the purists, metal people, you know, they 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 look down on it, you know, and and. Um, they don't realize yeah, yeah. they don't realize if you do some homework and you look at some of these guys and and you go well, what were they doing 10 years ago and then you see this band they were in and it was some thrash band and the guys doing art sweet picking and <laughs> you know you're just like oh i didn't know he could do that you know it's like you know it was a style of music you know like people, who who are you think who who's an example of that uh well uh slipknot oh yeah 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 jim yeah. root and, oh, they're and what's his name they um what's uh Jim uh, Mick, uh, and Mick, Mick yeah, Mick yeah. Thompson, yeah. yeah, those guys rip. They know how oh, to yeah. do all that technically crazy stuff. You know that a lot of the guys that went to school went and did and G MIT and all that stuff, GIT. But um, you know, uh, even like uh, Stained, that guitar player yeah. was, uh, you know, and I I'd, I'd seen like videos of him just kind of noodling around on his guitar, and you're just like. Wow, you know, you don't ever show that. You don't ever hmm. do that. And then, I didn't but, know that. Yeah. But it's just like it's not. It wasn't the style, you know. And people, it was one of those things. Just like how I was describing how I love playing it. It's fun to do. Well, I would imagine for them it was fun to to also do those just heavy. You know, new metal was more about the riffs, the you know, doing a rad rhythm, you know, and making it heavy and easy to move to and dance to and. You know, and you could rock out hard to it too. You know, like they can go off on it. Yeah. You know, really. And people don't get hard. it twisted, man. Jimmy, sorry to cut you off, but Jimmy's a big fan of all types. Like it was pretty much between this and or between like between the Buried to me or something <laughs> or Dream Theater or yeah, something. So yeah. he gets into some gnarly, you know, shit. But oh. that's the the best thing about you, Jimmy, is that you just appreciate all the different genres and styles. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. I mean. I love all all my speed metal stuff and my death metal stuff and my prog and you know um, all kinds of. Anytime a new band comes out, I'm always I always will give give them a shot. You know, listen to it if it sounds good. It sounds good. You know, it doesn't have to meet a certain. Oh well, there wasn't double bass. They're not metal, so I can't like them. You know, it's like it's just 
does it sound good? Yeah. yeah. It sounds good. Okay. I like it. <laughs> right, right, you right. Um, so, you know. I think that's a theme. I, I've, I, you know, it's funny you say that because I was just thinking that more and more becomes the theme of this show. I, you know, I obviously, I also enjoy many different flavors of metal, but, but I hope if there's anything <laughs> that we can pass along is just, you know, for people to be open-minded, I think. You know, yeah. Just like kind of listen to everything and don't. I don't know. I I I do. Uh, it does give me a little bit. I I cringe a little bit sometimes at how kind of rule driven and and conservative metal can be. It's like it's so like it's so like oh these are the rules and yeah. if you're not this thing you know you know we like the sort of if you're not the prototypical metalhead then you don't belong or you know what I'm yeah, saying yeah. and that kind of stuff. And or you like, or you suck. You're not a good musician. You know it's like they don't realize uh you know it takes skill to do all kinds of stuff i mean you know there's a lot of really rad metal drummers that just can play faster than hell and they they they're so good at the speed stuff and then um but if you try to if you try to tell them to play even something like an acdc beat or something four four you know it, it's an easy beat and they'll go oh that's easy but when they play it they sound sort of stiff and you're like, you're not playing it right still, you know, and right. You know, even though <laughs> they may be going, but it's still, they're playing the actual beat, right. But they're not playing it right. It doesn't sound as smooth as, so there's a technical aspect to playing an easy beat, right. But making it sound really smooth and, and we're not stiff and jerky, you know, and uh so uh you know a lot of people don't you know put that into their perspective of how they um what they think's good and what's not good you know it's right gotta, it's got to be you know the the hardest thing ever to to do technically where you know a lot of those guys that do it are so good but to them, they would probably say it's pretty easy for me to do because they're just so good at it, you know. Right. <laughs> so what's good? What's easy for one guy may not be easy for another guy, but totally. Yeah, it's know. all about feel, and and I, I think like and I think you've even said this, and I've felt this definitely from like, you know, I play drums too, and um, and like just when you're kind of sometimes like if you're transitioning between playing different like slightly different styles or even or dramatically different styles there is a different feel that you kind of have to like almost adjust to or recalibrate to you know yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and uh you know i i, I even uh and you you've, we, god knows you've done that a lot man like <laughs> going going back to even like the like with sunflower dead before they were sunflower dead when uh when jamie was in uh droid mm-hmm. his old band I um I was playing in my bands, but kind of playing stuff that wasn't the stuff that they knew that I was doing wasn't that crazy, you know. And when they needed a drummer, I was like, "Oh, hey, you know, call me up if you want, you know." And and uh, the guy never really called me up, you know, and everything. And um and then one day when I was playing in Chiva, um, the uh, Jabu and uh, the other guys they were all friends, so they kind of knew me too and everything and. But uh, they went to the show and saw me playing, and I was playing a lot heavier stuff with more double bass and things, you know. And uh, and they were like, "Oh man, I 
I didn't know you. I wish you wish I would have known you played like that because I we probably would have tried to see if you you know would have joined the band back then or whatever. I'm just you know so <laughs> you ju- you judged me off of stuff that I was playing that wasn't like your your cool thing that you liked you know so right. I didn't think I had that in me you know <laughs> right 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 <laughs> so that's funny. I mean the only thing that. Uh, that I would say with the uh, with Seven Dust at this time at this particular time, that they that they <laughs> that wasn't cool about it. Okay, they, what they, di- what didn't age well? They kind of they kind of had a funny look on this album. <laughs> oh yeah, like they, it's, Good call, it's, man. it's almost like they didn't quite know they were trying to figure out what to look like, you know. So they kind of had that. You know, like you were talking, we we're talking about the Adidas and the yeah. You know, they were kind of doing that, and and uh, they had some funky clothes. I think what's I think they were rocking Puma or something Puma like that, or and, like a uh, Lejeune, or and they, I think um, so. their hair, some of their a couple of their hairstyles were kind of funky. You know, pretty funny looking, and I just remember seeing. Um, oh yeah, yeah, John, John, the uh, guitar player, yeah. He, he had looked, a ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, uh, he was funny. What is that? A bleached, bleached blonde. Yeah, but it was like it was like super spiky. was spiking, going all, all directions. And yeah, and that just was not a good look. You with know? like they had the like the wife beater thing going on. Yeah, too, right? yeah. <laughs> it, he it kind of would if you could um, compare the two, it'd be like a like a guy. Um, that's really manly and buff and and with a beard and everything trying to dress in drag you know you look at him and you're just like oh man you do not make a good woman you know right right <laughs> he didn't make a very good looking uh new metal guy or whatever <laughs> there i think it was his concert of theirs I, th- I had a dvd of theirs and um went throughout the history of them and there was this one concert that they played and they, it was like a festival it was outdoors oh i think it was woodstock yeah, yeah, ninety nine. Uh huh. Yeah. And I was, I was kind of like, whoa, <laughs> they look kind of funny right now. Oh, totally. <laughs> I actually watched it, um, a song of that recently on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, and it sounded great. You yeah. know, they sound great. Wrote the great song. So the only thing that they, you know, didn't do was. I'm uh, glad you brought that up. I guess man. look cool, but uh, but you know, hey, everybody. But you know what though, I I do have to say though, for the time, I think they yeah. did look cool. Like for yeah. that time, like they, it's just that now we're like 20 years past that. Yeah, but I I think I remember even at the time, like really, if you looked at, you know, corn, and then you looked at them, you know, it was like, it was like a cheaper version of. You know, That's that funny. look, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I gotta say though, I think Lejean looked cool. Like I think yeah. he's always looked cool. Yeah. 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 He like doesn't have to try. He just is. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I don't even think he has to wear much clothes, you know, right? doesn't he just sometimes come out there with no shirt on and <laughs> he's all buff and yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. He had, I think he he had dreads that. too, right? Yeah, Back then? yeah. Yeah. He still does. Yeah. Does he still have shirt? Yeah. Okay. Well, he cut, he cut, cut him, him for a while yeah. at one point. It was but. shorter. Yeah. But um, but no, they're back. Um, yeah, yeah. Nah, he's a, yeah, but yeah. but they and I think you know the funny thing is, <clears throat> I don't know if they got the message or something, but like like one album later, they really like came into their look and it, they looked it was like much more yeah. relaxed and like yeah, like you know I think they grew out their hair a little bit more. Yeah, and they just kind of like yeah. looked like. Just, I think I think they you get to that point and you start getting you know, your team starts hiring you know. Uh, stylists and you know what i mean you get someone that sits there and yeah. make sure everybody kind of looks stylistic and 
<laughs> all that stuff happens. That um that that Woodstock video. He um the other guitar player who didn't have the bleach blonde hair yeah. had like a um like that black kind of collared button up shirt with, with, a, the, with fire, the flames, the flames, <laughs> the flames, which was that was like that was a thing at that time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I think uh, I even had. Was, a, I think I say, even had one of those shirts <laughs> at that, that time. Yeah, yeah. That was on the head, man. Yeah, that yeah. Was way yeah. on the head. Hey, I, I'll admit too. You know, I I tried. I experimented with some things that, uh, you know, I was. I can look back at now and say the same thing. Like, damn. What was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, totally. you know. But like you said, it, it was the time, so it kind of it wasn't as bad, you know. Even shoot, even back in the '80s and early '90s, you know, when I, I was in the, I kind of had the glam phase going on, you know. So I, you know, had the total Bon Jovi kind of look going, you know, with the <laughs> hairspray and eyeliner and you know, uh, spandex, <laughs> spandex pants, and you know torn shirts <laughs> that's awesome but hey you know it was it was cool at the time but you know it's funny to look back at now for sure for sure um all right so then we get into a uh, head trip And then they do those little sound effect things here with the that yeah they use some of that on yeah I love that okay yeah all right I think uh, I think this was a, a song that I got into um, like the little skip beat goes here <laughs> yeah totally. Um, <clears throat> But uh, I always liked the way Rajan sounded all smooth right there. I, yeah, I love that. <laughs> I I was never that part like the yeah. the loud like the barky part. Yeah, yeah. No, no, forget. <laughs> no, no. It's yeah. funny. Like I wasn't like yeah, not loving that. But yeah. But there's I, that like yeah. I I wouldn't say I. Uh, it's my one of my favorite tracks on the album. Uh, but I, I, I didn't have a problem. I, I remember at the time when this album first came out, I, I don't, I just would listen to it from front to back and like a couple times a day, you know, like it was just one of those albums I just couldn't get enough of, you know? Me too. So, and then, you yeah. Know, and it, there was never like a bad track. Yeah. And then I the mean, more you there's listen, not a bad track. Yeah. And then the more you listen to it you'll start fe feeling the songs that, you know, are more than better than others. And you might have a skipper or two, but it there, I never skipped a song really on this album. I don't think because I didn't like it. It was just more kind of like, you know, eh, you know, let me get to the next song, you know, but, right. but it wasn't because like, Oh, this song sucks. I'm moving on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, more just, you know, it's another song. It's the third song on the album and all three songs have like, really cool riffs really cool drum beats you know yeah so um yeah it's a good song all right yeah i i i will agree and yeah there's some really good stuff like 
ear candy I enjoy, but as like yeah. I, some of the vocal parts, just, yeah, they kind of like burn in my brain a little more, and they're yeah, I, like I, I'm not even like that, even that create create create, you know, yeah. I don't know that that whole thing, yeah, I don't know why I just yeah don't love it but that's probably yeah. like the only the whole part of the song that's really not that great yeah yeah but everything else is pretty cool you know the riffs and the yeah for sure yeah. uh okay this is called insecure this track four um funny thing about this this intro it kind of sounds to me like they did that um that's um, not yeah the, the um yeah what was the singer's name uh lynn straight yeah I was, it almost has like the I, yeah. same intro to that song. I, I almost just now asked if you're playing, <laughs> right? Playing that what, song. What's that song called? Um, um, so uh, Angel's Son. Angel's Son, right? And um, so okay, the singer of Snot, Lynn Strait, uh, they were like the homie band from Santa Barbara, actually, and um, yeah. for for Seven Dust, and the the those two bands for whatever really hit it off, and they toured together early on and all that and um as they were both kind of emerging uh lynn straight like i think it was their was it their third album it might have only been their second full length but anyway oh, he, he died in a in a car accident i thought it was i thought they only had one album right so yeah. maybe it was just their it was their second yeah full length and like you know famously the dude like got um, Limp Biscuit was playing at Ozfest. They were on on the same Ozfest tour together, and and um, the dude like came either out or on top of the the. They had like this huge toilet bowl yeah. on the stage, and Lynn Strait was naked. Yeah, and um, he got like the, the cops there like came after him. Yeah, and like I guess Sharon kind of like like yeah like, protected him from he, the he cops. He ran into their room, and I guess and she Sharon Osbourne. Yeah, she uh, yeah Sharon Osbourne. Uh, told him like hit him somewhere and was like oh he's not here or something. yeah she yeah. saves us because you yeah. are you know i think it's what public uh indecency yeah yeah so he he was subject to some charges but anyway but anyway uh lynn straight anyway he died in this car accident and so they made this album called um straight up you know and his his last name's s-t-r-a-i-t so it was like straight up and like man at that time everybody who was anybody was on that thing brandon yeah. boyd from incubus uh john davis from corn yeah uh fred durst was on it from limp biscuit uh surge from system of down seven dust and yeah anyway um and what what it was was it was not album that they were going to make but they didn't finish it so there were no vocals recorded with lynn and so they had all these singers um come on and sing but I, I believe Seven Dust was like the only song that was like a, their song. Their song. That they wrote for the album that did it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was the only one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think every other song was not so songs, but without, you know, vocals. And um, so anyway, they wrote this song, Angel Sun, and it, it was the biggest song from that album. Yeah. And, um, and, and it's, it was so ironic because it was probably, might have been like Seven Dust's biggest song <laughs> to that point. I remember hearing yeah. it. Like I worked at Home Depot at the time, and I remember hearing it like yeah. in, in Home Depot from the. Well, it was so big that they ended up releasing, putting it on Animosity. Yes, yes, yeah. So it was like they did like know. a different version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but anyway, this song it kind of has that the intro, intro is kind of it's very very similar to yeah. um to uh, the, the intro, intro of, of uh, yeah. Angel Sun, and the 
I don't know, Jimmy, how much you know about this because you and I are. Well, I guess you kind of play guitar, but what I understand about Seven Dust is they have a lot of really weird guitar tunings. Like they tune, they'll tune like different strings and different okay. keys and sounds, stuff like sounds that. Sounds kind of like um, I heard <laughs> Soundgarden does that. Yeah, yeah. Because I know, um, I, I think like I don't know if we played this just for fun or what, but like. I remember John telling me that my my brother who plays guitar for Star Rebellion, but uh, and then I and re- reading about, but also um, Doc Coyle had um, you know who's a guitar player had had a uh, Connolly. Uh, what, what's his first name? John. Yeah. John. Oh no no was it John or what's the other guy's name? There's a guy named Clint. Clint Lowry. I think he had Clint on. Yeah. No, he had Clint. Sorry, he had Clint Lowry on, and they were talking about that. You know, so it's, they have some really interesting. Tunes, yeah. you know. So this one is was one of my favorites also on the album. Just this riff. Yeah. Like that guitar. Oh yeah. Right here. Uh-huh. Little harmonic. And that bass, dude, that rumble in the background. Right there, the slide down the bass. Oh, yeah, yeah. The bass just That's rumbling. That's a nice rumble, yeah. Yeah. This was another one. I was just like grooving to this all the time. <laughs> this, totally. This, that, this song. So this one's another one of my faves on the album there. And when he does that, what 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 do you call that when he does that? Do da you know, on the snare yeah. where it's like, yeah, it's kind of just like a skip beat. Or the skip, like I was going to say, yeah, like but he skip. does something on the later on in the song where he changes it up into this halftime weird skip beat. Yeah. Um, Cause I think he's doing, uh, I think he's, he's splashing the hi-hat, right? Right there. Oh yeah. Right here. Yeah, I mean, the that's kick not, drum's going. Duh, 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 duh. That's not easy. Yeah, right. And the hi hat on the F. Right. Yeah. Hey, you know, I just thought of. This is kind of ridiculous, but I don't know what, what do you, when you call when the hi hat. I call it like a hi hat splash, but what is that call when you're spot, when it's opening up, you know, and you're doing? Oh, uh, psst, psst, psst. yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if it, <laughs> is there if a term really for that a name for it. Yeah, I don't. You know, it's I just, just call it splashing, but yeah, but it's not. But there is a symbol on a drum set called a splash, so it's like I'm. I feel like I'm confusing the two. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you can have a splash. Yeah, I don't know if that there was a, if there is a term for. Open, opening and closing your hi hat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I like the way he ends it too. If you go to the very end okay. of the song, yeah, he's um, accenting the guitars on his cymbals and stuff, and just another way to make the beat different. Right. Right here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, it's just attention to detail. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and like that was a that was a thing where you had 
the same a same kind of guitar rhythm three different times in the song and um he played it differently all you know like copy cha- and paste. change things up not you know yeah yeah, yeah no copy yeah. and pasting there yeah yeah that's just uh <clears throat> doing another version of it you know but that added to the intensity of the ending of the song you know like by doing those accents on the guitar and hitting the cymbals oh totally you know just i love that shit gave it the that feel like rage like we're gonna end it like on a fucking raging note right yeah 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 and i love doing stuff like that there's a lot of times where i'll feel like a a little bummed out on songs that i've recorded where it's probably because we just didn't play the songs enough before we went to the studio you know to where after you played them live for a year yeah and before you know it, you kind of you kind of add your own, you kind of add some your sure. own subtleties to to the different beats. I do that with vocals, too. yeah. yeah and uh, and, and I kind of <clears> like, <throat> man, I, I wish I would have um, changed it up a little bit how I'm doing it now on the album, though. right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I think you know what though. I think probably so many musicians do that. You yeah, know? when oh, you yeah. like live, they kind of take on a new life a little yeah. bit, or, or you know, like just slightly they uh, evolve themselves a little bit. Yeah, uh, I I I see Morgan Rose do it a lot live, you know. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Like on Denial, he does some really cool, definitely. You know, little stutter beats where he, you know, it's not like how it is on the album, but it sounds so cool too. It, it doesn't take away from the song at all. No. And uh, but I think that also has to do with you know playing a song for as many times that they have. You know what I mean? Right. They they probably have they even ever played a show since that album with not played denial i don't know <laughs> no i i feel like that song's always in their set. the staple song right yeah, yeah. so right, um, right. you know you play that so many times it's kind of like you know you're gonna start adding some stuff here and there <laughs> for sure so we're um we're on waffle i'm kind of letting it play i'm not sure if that's a good move it's kind of in the background but um but we're on Waffle, which is um, the second single. I, I don't know the order. I, yeah. uh, I didn't look at the order when those came out. But this is uh, the second one that we've heard of the three singles from the album. And um, I don't know. Jimmy, do you remember? There's this. Uh, I think you may have alluded to it earlier. They had a like a um, home video called. Uh-huh. Um, shoot. I just had it. Oh, Retrospective. Okay, I, I think, think that, I think that's that what might called. have been the DVD I was telling you about that I saw. Yeah, and um, it shows all their music videos, shows live stuff in the studio. I yeah. remember buying that back in the day, like at Tower Records, yeah. um, like buying the actual DVD, you know, and uh, and like I was like super excited, you know. Uh-huh. And, but they played this song on um, like. I want to say it was either like it was like a late show or or um might have even been like could it have been Saturday night live maybe yeah or like Conan O'Brien yeah something like that yeah, yeah. Conan was always kind of hip with yeah. like the metal bands and yeah, stuff yeah yeah like didn't Slipknot play like yeah Conan? Slipknot yeah. played Conan it might have been Conan so yeah. but um but anyway they but they played that song and uh man it's a badass freaking yeah. performance like, uh-huh. i just remember i would like watch that one like over and over again yeah yeah another song <clears throat> with just just killer riffs in it more rad grooves more creative it's moody too stuff. right 
Yeah. And the dynamics are really nice. Back and forth from, yeah, kind of real moody and kind of moody and dark, dark to the yeah. heavy, you know. Yeah. And then when it goes into the chorus and he does a little thing on the hi hat. Yes. Let's go to that. I know, right? It's all this little, it's all the little things, man. I mean, the drumming of the song are, is amazing, too. You ever heard of the singer Terrence Trent D'Arby? That's oh, that what, sounds familiar. Go back a little bit during the verse. Let the people oh, let the people hear it. And this yeah. kind of sounds like him. <laughs> he had the song, Wishing well, wishing well, can't you tell? <laughs> kind of sound. He kind of has a tone there. Uh, yeah. But then the chorus here kicks in, and there's some cool uh, guitar riff and that cool little thing on the hi hats. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Like to me, it's funny, man. Everyone, we I've had this conversation with a lot of people about like what constitutes a hook, you know, because then a lot of people think it j tend to think or argue that it's a, a vocal part usually, but I always disagree with that. And to me, like that to me is a hook, like that little part. Yeah. It's like you expect it, like you know, like you anticipate it. That little hi hat thing that you're talking about. Yeah. It's like you know, and I don't know if that's just because we're drummers. Maybe that that's very possible. But I, I don't know, man. I can't imagine like listening to that and not anticipating that, you know? Yeah. Because it's yeah. just such a part of that part. Uh -huh. Yeah, no, it's like, um, <clears throat> and it's so subtle, but you're still like, you hear it. If he didn't do it, you'd be like, oh, wait. He didn't wait, do where it. is it? Yeah, why yeah, didn't yeah. he do that? Yeah, exactly, you know? But So another good, another strong yeah strong song i think let's move on so then they pick up tempo a little bit here yeah on rumblefish and you get you're that, definitely getting there's that by this point you're getting the theme of like the riff style right yeah uh-huh just kind of fat in your face staccato-y kind of yeah different tempos different that feels thing in the background yeah yeah there's a lot of that on this album pretty cool i think it was definitely probably a sign of the times at that yeah. time. a lot of like metal bands doing trying with like um i guess you know to some level like electronic sample -y, yeah you know sounds and stuff like that yeah um but i don't i feel like they don't do as much of that but they still do a little bit yeah they, they still throw some little things in like in intros, especially they like to do things. Yeah, it's just different now. Like I think it's more what they do now is more modern. It fits like yeah. you know what just music generally kind of yeah sounds like now. But yeah, they they have like a guy like I, I think I don't know if they call him like a programmer, but there's a guy hmm. like that comes in the studio and kind of okay. does that kind of and dude he's he's rad. Like I um. Like, their newer stuff, there's some really, really cool... Like, it adds, you know, it really yeah. adds, like, a layer of, like, sophistication to yeah. their sound, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> For sure. 
Yeah. So this was another one I think that I was jamming. I was definitely loving this song too. What year did you join Shiva? Oh boy. Um, gosh. Let's see. Well, when did I start? When did I meet you guys? When did we start? 2003. Um, so I was, it was probably 19, probably <coughs> 99, 2000. 1999, I think, I want to say. Yeah. Well, well, let me see. It was like 98, 99. Well, because like the show when you were in Turkey Neck, Uh unless you were doing both of those at the same time, I I remember. uh, There was a good. I think that was like 99. Yeah? Yeah, because like, yeah. What year did the Angels win the World Series? <laughs> I want to say that was 2002, man. Yeah. Let's see here. If that was the case. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, it I was, can't. I put money on it. Then it was 2000, 2001. <clears throat> okay. Because <throat> it was right around that time. Yeah. So I think it was, I think we're right around then. Okay. What was, um, what was another cool thing? I don't know if they did this a lot or throughout, but I saw this one thing on Seven Dust about them recording the guitars i don't know if they've done it a lot throughout or just if it was a little newer it was at least when sunny was in the band i think i saw the video where they tracked the guitars together the two guitar players hmm. played the riffs at the same time in the room you know listening to it and they're like you know it's cool because we kind of would lock in with each other and and uh, so i thought that was kind of interesting you know yeah instead, it's of, a trip. instead of doing them separately yeah you know that's a, that's crazy i mean you i i guess you just gotta you know i mean you gotta have two guys i mean that that can really get down and like play tight you know yeah yeah which they of course they always have had you know yeah so it's like then you could pull that off yeah yeah because i mean you know i just think playing what they're doing it's like obviously you gotta mm-hmm. it's gotta be tight yeah uh, all right, let's move on to um, Licking Cream. And uh, so this was the other single. Yeah, this is with the girl singing. Yeah. Oh, Skin, right? Was that was yeah? Yeah, it was the that was the band, right? Y- yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Oh oh, the singer is Skin. Of the band Skunk Anansi. Oh, Skunk Anansi. Anansi. Yeah. What did I say? Anup Sinastri? Anansi. So I had the band name in my head, and it was... Skin. Okay, it's the singer. That's right. From Skunk Anansi or Anansi or something like that. Man, I was way off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and, you know, they harmonize. The, it's, I don't know. Now I'm, wondering, and, now I'm wondering who, who who the person named Anup is in my head somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, her voice is powerful, man. And it was another another good track. Yeah. Kind of sexy and shit. Yeah. Like it's kinda like they're a little more like they probably tame like the heaviness is tamed down. It's still rocking and still like upbeat. Yeah. But I feel like it's kind of sexy and like with i don't know it's funny with the female and um 
male lead like harmonizing and even doing these like little yeah. trade-offs right here it just gives it like a different oh yeah you know, kind of sexy little feel you know yeah but man she's got a hell of a voice dude. yeah uh, all right, I'm gonna keep moving on, along. Yeah. Let's see. Seven I mean, nine. we don't have to go through every track either. Oh, we're getting there. It's almost grasp. This song's called. It's a trippy. The beat. Yeah. Cool drum beat. Yeah. And then kick it. See, I think to me, like a beat like that, that's where you can tell where, if the guitar players are worth their salt, you know? Yeah. Because that's like rhythmically, like some people just don't have that flow. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's a different kind of a thing right there. Yeah. And there's some like metal guys. I'm sure you've met met them or yeah. met some that that's they they're not gonna be able to pull they, that off. Yeah. They're. They play very white boy. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta have some soul in you to do some of this stuff. Sometimes, you know. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, it's that bass too. He's just holding it down. Well, I think like. I could be wrong, but I feel like the bass players skipping some of the intricacies of the guitar riff, you know? Yeah. But he's just laying on, on those yeah. like bigger notes, you know? Just so you can, yeah, so that the the guitar parts are more defined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, you have to, uh, that's why I said, like, I think that's why I like them so much, because they're so drum-oriented musically with their guitars, too, that, you know, so you got to you almost have to have a drumming sense of you know like in your like rhythm. body yeah yeah and I think guys that sometimes can't quite grasp that smooth groove that way you know they just it's because they just don't you try to set them on a drum set and they wouldn't be able to you know like these guys probably could sit on a drum set and play a, a pretty cool little groove you know like nothing special but at least they could probably play something you know right you know because of and you could just it shows by the way they play the guitar because they're doing rhythmic patterns with their picking that is almost like what a drummer would be doing with his hands you know yeah so yeah, yeah. i love them i think that's just one of the coolest things is like they um like you know to, you know going through their catalog and as you as they go down through the years there's just like there's like swing beats and there's like just every kind of different type of rhythm that you can think of they they've pulled yeah. off you know mm -hmm. and and the guitar players like the, the riffs that they play they're not just like getting by like they like the um i was listening to like uh like this song mountain on uh what was that album called black out the sun and then okay. like um there was another one uh oh shoot i'll have to look it up but it's got like you know it's almost like got more of a, a southern kind of 
uh, swing yeah. kind of thing to it. And it's just like, like, I don't know, like they could just pull off all that different kind of kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. Interesting cleans there too, a little. Yeah. Flangy, different, you know. Like, uh-huh. I don't know what you call it, so I'm not a guitar player, but. All right, let's see here. Um, should we go to the next one? Yeah. Let's do it. I do like how they end that one though. It's yeah. A trip, you know. Yeah. Get into some different. It just gets sort ambient. of ambient. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I always love this one, man. Yeah. It, it crumpled. How it got that weird intro and then just yeah. kicks in oh. heavy. See, that's probably like right there is probably like the kick tone when I saw them. Oh. You know, like that kind of thing? Yeah. He was probably, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think he was doing that on his, his kick drum. Yeah. At the show, do, do, but they, they would just like yeah. switch the, the tone of it. And I think, so it had to be like some sort of a trigger. Yeah. Thing okay. like module inside of his kick drum. But yeah, anyway. that guitar just kicks in. Yeah, and then, then it goes to the, the regular. <laughs> so like... Yeah, man. That sound, dude. <laughs> and then right here. That bass. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little so loud. And that dude plays hard, like live. Yeah. He's a pick guy now, and yeah. he plays really hard, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're, uh, and he holds his bass so low, too. Yeah, it's yeah, really that's low. Right, that's right. You know? Yeah. Well, we just did a show. Sarah Belling did a show in Pomona like two weeks ago or whenever that was, a week and a half ago. And, um, I don't know if you noticed, but like they they played a couple tracks from this album. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, like during the night, throughout okay. the night when we were there, and and like they had um the <laughs> PA's were pretty loud, like in the in the venue. Uh-huh. And um, I was kind of walking around, and I was like, I was listening, and I was like, shit, man, like that sounds really really good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I kind of I always remember this album sounding like you said earlier kind of raw natural, you Yeah. Know? Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's it's raw but still like punchy and mm. like like I I think there's, you know, I talk about this stuff a lot. I kind of this is where I really nerd out is like the different types of productions, you know? And yeah. there's raw to an extent that's too raw you know yeah and then there's clean that that or there's polished or as you said earlier like there's polished and bright that can go too far also where it's yeah. like but 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 i will also say that you can have a really raw natural sound that just sounds fat and punchy and in your face mm-hmm. and just great and even has like little little um subtleties that that give it like um sophistication but yeah. then vice versa, you can have like a really kind of clean, polished sound that still kicks you in the teeth, you know, yeah, like it's yeah. still brutal and oh, aggressive, yeah. you know, like, like take Kill Switch Engage for, or Pantera or something yeah, like yeah. that, where they have a little more of that polished, rounded yeah. off, you know, 
but it's fat. But it's fat and it's aggressive, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. The main rawness of this album that you can tell mostly is just his drums. You know, they it sounds like you're listening to a, an acoustic kit, like in a, like if you're sitting in the room and like nothing sounds doctored on it. It sounds that snare sound. You you hear that the ring in his snare. Boom, you know, you totally. Hear, you know, um, yeah. Everything just sounds natural, like it hasn't been uh, nothing. No, tr- nothing triggered. Nothing. You know, doctor, nothing fake, you know, where it's just, uh, you know, what you're hearing is his drum set, (laughs) his actual kit, you know, it's how I, how it, what it sounds like to me. Totally. And then that kind of gives you a raw sound all together because the drums sound like that, you know, if if his drums sounded really big, you know, you know, then the album probably would have sounded even a little more polished because of the drums sounding like that you know because the guitars are still right there you know yeah uh, oh yeah yeah what what um what's your take on the sound of animosity which was the next album yeah um i i liked it i uh, like the product production yeah ones. that's now that's where i would say they you definitely can hear it was produced produced you know like oh, yeah. it, it, you can hear everything's uh, but they did it in to me in a good way, you know. His drums still sound great, even though there's probably some trigger going on or some hybrid, you know, half and half or like a you know sound like a sound replacement kind of a yeah thing or yeah some sort of yeah, yeah. A mixture of both, you know, where you know it sounds very you know big. The drums sound really big, you know. But uh, I I liked it too. I liked it. I liked that they kind of went from one to another and were able to have didn't just put out a home part two, you know, they stepped up and did another version of that, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of their albums <clears throat> seem like they, they sound a, a lot different from each other, you know, when definitely you, when you go from animosity Production. to seasons that doesn't sound like animosity. And then when they went to next, that one sounds totally nothing. Yeah. It sounds kind of more closer to home, but, not really, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have a theory about that one. Yeah, that um, like I think that one, even though it sounds good, it it might be their worst production. Mm. Well, besides the first album, the first yeah. album is the worst actually. Yeah. Um, production wise, but um, because I think that was like I said that I think that was the first album where they went on their own like label, and uh-huh. I don't know who produced it and all uh-huh. that. I didn't really look into it. But I feel like, like at that point, the budget was definitely they took a hit in the in their recording budget, and so yeah. they were probably just sort of like making do somehow. Yeah, and it still sounds great. And honestly, one of my favorite songs is on that album. Yeah, and and like yeah. they pulled it off because I've heard people do much worse with like, yeah, with lower bu- budgets. You know, like some yeah. bands. But but like um, but then the, like because the the next album after that, I think that was called Alpha. Yeah. Right. Like oh uh-huh. seven or something. Yeah. Know, somewhere in there. But that album was heavy. Yeah, and that, that one sounds a lot better to me than than yeah. um. It just sounds a little beefier than yeah. than next, you know. Uh huh. But I mean, nothing. There's yeah. nothing wrong with next. It's just and then, like. And then the one right after that, even you know, sounded even different again, you know. And it, it, yeah, that one. That was, was hopes little, and sorrows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So same thing, you know. Yeah. Right. So. 
Um, but I mean, man, I mean, every every single one of those has great songs, you know. Yeah. And they, yeah. they've always like, they always add something. They're like they'll surprise you with like, like again, like a different type of riff or a different type of feel that I haven't heard them do before, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. they were doing like some almost like. Like kind of thrashy stuff yeah. on uh, oh Alpha the he, yeah was Alpha, when he right. started doing a lot of double bass right and right I, it was like you know right on you oh know? yeah was like stoked to hear him hear that side of him you know? right totally <laughs> I, I think you and I talked about this I don't know that you're a big fan but the album um, Black Out the Sun uh-huh. I love that one and man there's some really kickass riffing on that I'm not as familiar with. With that album, there's a couple that kind of I sort of skipped over a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. I listened to them, and I don't think they grabbed me right off the bat, and then I kind of never really went back. I should probably go back and revisit them, you know, just to see, because then I had yeah, sort yeah. of a, that first impression didn't, fun, didn't get me, you know. There was the that one, and then there was one that had the heart. Yes. And that one had yes, some yes. cool cold, ones on it. Cold Day Memory yeah. or cold, yeah. cold Day Memory? That one had some cool songs on it. You know, but I didn't really, you know, harp on the whole album for very long. And that one, the other one, yeah, that you were talking about. Um, but I did um, get hooked on their last one where I was listening to that. Yeah. Every day for a while, you know, in my car on my way to work, I just put that thing on again. It sounds great. And mm. I think there's some really good songs on it. All, um, all I see is war. Yeah, I'm yeah. usually pretty bad with names, but I yeah, yeah, this. awesome album. Yeah, that's a, I know, I agree. It sounds great too. And I think they're working on a new one. Or Are they too? And uh, oh, that's right, because that's funny, because our friend is um their drum tech. Yeah, Did you know that Abel. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I and I saw like on Instagram or something. I was like, oh shit, nice. Yeah, hopefully inside, everything's inside going look. good because uh, I know Morgan Rose went to the hospital. Oh yeah, that's recently. right. Yeah, so I don't know what what's going on with him. Yeah, they didn't say a whole lot. Yeah, they didn't say what he what he has. So hopefully, hopefully he makes a speedy recovery. Yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Uh, I mean, we skipped a few. I think that's okay, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. unless you want to go over. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what was it? What feel so crumpled. Um, we kind of talked about that intro. Yeah. Feel so grasshopper. Yeah. Um, Feel so. I think was probably one of the songs that I think that if I want, I, it's not a bad song by any means. But I think I um, would that would be like a skipper every now and then, you know. And uh, yeah, like I it it's got the heavy riffs in it. Yeah. Too like that riff there. It's like every song just has a riff that you're just like, even if you don't like the song, there's going to be at least a riff in it that you're going like, oh, dude, that's that's awesome. Oh, totally. This is this one's kind of funny, too, because like Lejean's like really kind of like screaming in that verse, you know? Yeah. And it, it, it's the type of thing where I don't know that he ever did. Well, I guess he's. Because he's really gets kind of high right here, you know. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Yeah. It's cool, but like you definitely notice, like on Animosity, the album after that, he definitely they like I think they embraced. Like I feel like he did less of like the kind of barky, screamy stuff. Yeah. And, 
and he he's saying embraced his, his soulful yeah. kind of voice and they let uh they just let morgan morgan do, do more and then even uh uh, uh who's it um clint yeah i, I think that. clint does some of the barks too you know okay like the lower growls at least in later albums you yeah know, but but i think he and then you know then he did he, he even did some more of the clean singing on uh on uh animosity too yeah like that one song where he i think he even sings lead for like a uh -huh. verse or something like yeah. that yeah yeah it's not it's not a bad thing to have a, a couple good singers in your yeah. band or a few, uh, a few right? he also sang the <clears throat> pre-chorus in uh oh right on angel uh, sun yeah. yeah so this is with chino right and this was actually the song the first song that i heard the other night at the um the pomona uh, show yeah and I was like, it was really loud. I was like, oh, fuck, it sounds so good, dude. So I was Cur already... Courtesy of, uh, of one Warrior Dave. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a Deftones fan already. Right. So, of course, I was already like, fuck, yeah, you know. Chino, yeah. Right, Chino sings on this song. I think you yeah. said that, but... Yeah, I just saw Deftones a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah? yeah? Or like a month ago. <laughs> that high scream. Yeah. That's cheap. Kind of, yeah. Kind of has a Deftones vibe to it, the song. Totally. As a whole, you know. You know, um, this is a little bit of a, a little bit of a derail, but uh, on the, on the note of guest singers for Seven Dust, They've had some amazing, like every yeah. song they've done with a guest singer has been an amazing song. Yes, yes. You know, and we heard two of them on, on this album, but they did one with um, Daughtry. Yeah, which on was the same great, album too. Yeah, on Hopes and Sorrows, right? Great song. I mean, yeah, great song. It's one of those where it's like, if it were anybody else, it probably could be a hit song. You know? Yeah, definitely. Because it was so. You know, it's super catchy, but like it's great, but heavy, well, really well written. Um, and then, uh, and then right after that, they same album, same they, album, they had Miles Kennedy, yeah, and then also from uh, uh, Alter Bridge, yeah, and, and, I, and Slash, he and, sings for Slash, and also what's his name played the guitar on it too. Um, I think uh, Tremonte, <laughs> yeah, I think Mark Tremonte is also on guitar on. Yeah. Either that same song or Mark Tr Tremonti of Alter Bridge and Creed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's and another then, guy you were talking about earlier, like a new metal guy that can that can really play that guitar. Uh, yeah. You really people, play yeah, that guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he has a solo album or one or two solo albums out, and it's like, I think it's instrumental stuff or yeah. some instrumental stuff, and he's just shredding, you know? Yeah, he's, he's a badass. Um, yeah, but people would, you know look at him and go oh he's a guitar player in creed oh he probably saw he has short hair yeah <laughs> jerk uh how could he play guitar with with that long hair yeah. right um so yeah so you know this album we've we've got two guest singers we got yeah the, yeah the girl the female you got chino and then um then we just said uh miles and daughtry right and then uh, did there was there anybody else? I don't remember any that, other ones that they uh, had jump on. Yeah, I can't think of anything, but yeah, it's cool. But there, it's like every single one of the songs is a great song. Yeah, yeah. 
I really like this one. Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. man. Yeah, so that one's... Is that the last one? That's the last one. That's the ending track. That's the last one. Yeah. So um, so that's home. Um, like that's what started it all. Right. <laughs> that was the Segway album into... Uh, or the, not Segway, the Gateway album. Yeah. Into the rest of uh, the Seven Dust stuff from there on. Did they, uh, here's a just random question. I was thinking like, did they, um, get you into like any other bands? Were were they sort of like the gateway to other bands? Um, uh, no, no. I don't, I don't think so. Cause they kind of were their own band. They were unique. And then I don't really know. Of any other bands that, I mean, yeah, maybe, kind of, sort of. Yeah, when I would hear other bands sound like that, that kind of had that familiar sound, I'd be like, oh, yeah. Um, There's a band that I I ended up liking a lot. I still like them a lot. They're called Scrape, S-K-R-A-P-E. I remember them. Um, Yeah, yeah, they're kind of seven dust, you know, feel a little bit, but, man... They put out two really good albums. One album, their first album was very production, very produced. So it was, it's like they had a lot of money backing them. And their second album, they kind of almost didn't, you know. But it, but it still sounded great, very raw sounding. Um, then you know what's his name? Uh, when was it Clint? Yeah, when Clint left Seven Dust, and then he joined that. Uh, what was that band that he? Uh, uh, yeah, Dark New Day. Yeah, that's what they're go. called. Mm-hmm. I like that band a lot. And it basically sounded like Seven Dust with a yeah. with a different vocalist. Yeah, vocalist. But they, the drummer, which actually was the drummer to Scrape, oh, wow. joined. So he he kind of has those uh, Morgan Rose type of beats right. in the songs. And um, but yeah, but I wouldn't say uh, you know there's bands out there that kind of have that sort of jumpy, you know, percussive guitar feel. But uh, I think they're kind of the the standalone band for that sound for me, you know. I think the interesting thing, you know, about that era and, like, new metal was, like, actually how different the bands were, you know. Yeah. And uh, I don't know that they always get, get credit for that because, I mean, as you said earlier, there's sort of, like, a lot of negativity that seems uh-huh. to kind of hover around yeah. the, the word new metal or, or yeah. you know, the, the genre and all that. I think, honestly, I think a lot of it, it was just jealousy because these were heavy bands that were really popular. Like, yeah. Uh, most of them, not most of them, but like a lot of them had a, had a, a, a nice level of success. Yeah. And then some of them were huge, obviously like corn. And it was almost like the, um, cause grunge basically, yeah took over yeah and so all the metal bands kind of took a back seat right for a while and new metal was kind of like that the style of music that was able to cross over and be heavy but then the people that kind of were into grunge kind of could get into them too it seemed like you know yeah um yeah that's a good point so yeah you know it was kind of that new style and you know not they still didn't really play guitar solos and things like that but uh and i think you know i think also 
which is kind of obvious, but I don't know that we've said it is like, there was definitely, I think a lot of new metal stuff and maybe it's the, um, maybe it's the, the, the sort of glue that binds all the, all the different kind of styles together was that they all like kind of embrace like hip hop and rhythm. Mm-hmm. you know like rhythm was a huge part of just like you said earlier the groove you know yeah. and but like you know i think that a lot of them like embraced hip-hop somehow you know not, not that like they were all you know had like uh you know rap or whatever in it but just there was maybe in the rhythm of the songs there was you know yeah. there was sort of like that bouncy like you said you yeah. alluded to bouncy and there yeah. was just like something about it that you know that they embraced you know, hip hop, which was cool. You know, it was cool to, to, to see rock and, and hip hop almost like merge worlds a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if that was like, you know, what kind of bound it all together. Um, but I always thought it was interesting, like that there was a lot of variety. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you think of like, okay, system of a down was considered new metal, um, you know, seven dust corn deftones, um, uh-huh. Lincoln Park, yeah, Lincoln Park, Limp Bizkit, all very different bands. I mean, you you know, if if you're just someone who doesn't have a, an appetite for that, you would just throw them all together, lump them together, and be like, oh, they're all fucking lame. Yeah, <laughs> but none of them they the only thing that static they, X. Yeah, you, the you only know? thing that they have similar to it is that they all have that bouncy groove kind of. Right, you know, it's all that kind of just bob your head. You know, right. so, but if you, other than that, if you listen to <clears throat> each band, you know, they all sounded, yeah, they all sounded different. Corn Can did, you bob your head corn, to this? Yeah. That's, corn, then it's new metal. Yeah. Corn uh, didn't sound like uh, Incubus or, or, you know, any of those bands, Limp Biscuit, really, you know, I mean, they had little, you can, you can hear elements within each band that we were like, you know, influences where you're like, oh, they probably like the same bands, but uh, yeah, they they all sounded different, but at the same time, kind of had that same vibe where it felt like it was the same genre, although it was still, you know, v- the variety, like you said. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty. I mean, it was it was fun. It was you know. And you hear stuff today and you're still kind of like, you know, it sounds great, you know. Like you yeah. were telling me the other day, you <clears throat> were you the one that was saying that you heard like uh, the Limp Biscuit song uh, and and you were just like, whoa, you know, like you hadn't heard it in so long, but you heard it and you were just like, well, this song's actually pretty, you know, I think I, so. I the, how cool the it Nookie, was. And, yeah, yeah. Nookie's a slammer, man. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> yeah. I don't, and I, I was never a huge Limp Bizkit fan. And you yeah. know, like with anything, man, if it, if it hits you, it hits you. Like if it's going to hit you, let it hit you. Don't, yeah, don't yeah. like, don't yeah, be averse exactly. to it. But, uh, but man, that song's a banger, dude, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Rolling is pretty heavy. That like, one I didn't like as much. Guitar. I just don't love that whole chord, the roller. Yeah, and that part, but the like, but the yeah the music, the, yeah, yeah. The, I'll the, have to, I'll the, to go the way back. that it feels was uh, I'll have to go and back to that the one, chorus, you know, just just the way when the drums kick in on the chorus was really cool. And all right, know, I'll have to check it out. But that guitar player too was yeah, yeah. one of those guys yeah. that you know won't get any recognition from the metal dudes, but right. he was a pretty darn good guitar player. Oh, totally, he was very creative and their bass player too. Yeah, yeah everybody, you know. The, that's um, yeah, they they yeah they had some shit for sure, and like uh uh I actually always liked that Mission Impossible song. They yeah, did. yeah, I thought they did a great uh-huh. job on that. 
Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, you know, it's it was it was a good time. You know, all all every de- every decade, you know, can kind of get slammed. Eighties can get can get slammed, but um, you know, I can point out a lot of eighties bands too that just were freaking badass. You know, if, right. you know. Um, yeah, I mean, the one thing that I was going to say, though, that was awesome, uh, Seven Dust memory, though, too, is when I, we were talking about when I played within this moment on that cruise ship. Oh, right, Seven right. Dust was actually one of the bands on that ship. Oh, so, right, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually got to kind of hang out with those guys and talk with them a little bit. It was pretty cool. You know, you're just, you're sitting, you're on a boat for a week with all, with 20 metal bands, you know. Right. From, um, it was, you know. Seven Dust, and it was uh, hell yeah. Are you, are we allowed to disclose Queensrÿche? Um, part of the uh, conversation you had with uh, Lejean, I remember oh, you telling me something about. Oh that. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, he he was saying that he was going to do a solo album. Right, right. Which and I don't think and, ever happened. Yeah. right? because this was I don't know five years ago, six years. Yeah, ago? but he saw me one of our performances with in this moment, and he was like, and he was, you know, hey man. Uh, you're kicking ass up there. He's like, I'm going to be doing a solo album, you know, and, um, let me get your, let me give you my number and let me get your number. And we like exchange numbers. He's like, cause I might, you know, I'm, I'm going to need to get some people to go on and track the album with me and everything. And I was just like, wow. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of a cool, cool moment. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And, um, so, was he was he like, hey man, hey man, you were rad, man. You were really rad, bro. That was awesome. Well, we were. That uh, was awesome. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was at a time when I was married, and so my wife at the time was on the boat with me, and she kind of was the one that sort of got us to talking because he she started talking to his wife, and because his his wife makes jewelry and stuff. Okay. So she was like, uh, you know, oh, I just, that's such a pretty necklace and blah, blah, blah. And they're chit-chatting and me and LeJohn are looking at each other like women talking to each other, you know. And, yeah. <laughs> and then we, him and I just started talking, you know, and stuff. So it was it was cool. That's crazy, man. That's Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So. But, yeah. Seven Dust Home, if you haven't heard it, I'd say pick it up now. But I guess today you got to say stream it. Yeah, <laughs> get on your phone. Listen get to on it. your phone. Go your hear car. it yeah. somehow. Spotify, title, iTunes, whatever you use, check it out. It's a badass album. Do you uh, do you want to plug anything before we go? Um, I don't know. We we got a really cool album coming out soon. <laughs> so I can't wait for everyone to hear <laughs> the new Cerebellion album. Yeah, yeah keep on keep in touch you'll uh, keep in touch we'll let you know yeah stay tuned well jimmy thank you so much man this was fun right on right on cool man thank you sir thanks for having me